during chaos and crisis, you have to increase the communication to your team, to your customers. And the number one thing I realized they need is hope. Businesses are crashing and failing, but you know what? Not all of them are. A lot of them are rising to the top. And B, it comes back to a line from your book, Leadership is a Problem, Leadership is the Answer. So let's talk about leadership in the crisis. But I mean, really, it's not just a crisis, right? It's forever. Yeah, yeah. Leadership is forever. It's just we happen to be in a crisis right now. And the crisis is the virus. But very quickly here, that crisis is going to change to an economic crisis that's just around the corner and it's going to last some time. And Leadership is the solution for that as well. Well, I think that it was a crisis of leadership in many of these businesses. And so you work with a lot of businesses, not just, you know, in the fitness world. You see, you coach a lot of people. I coach a lot of people. I want you to tell me what are some of the big mistakes before we get into what works for leadership and what you've been doing, which is incredible. Yeah. But what are some of the big mistakes that so-called leaders have made? Yeah, and, and I'm glad we're talking about this, dude, because now today is, uh, or at least for us here at headquarters, today's 11 weeks of quarantine, where our team has not been at headquarters. It's just been my leadership team. My my team has been working from home. Our Fit Body Bootcamp locations have been closed. We currently have about 62 of them open. One this, of my, one of, two of them are mine, I think, in, in yeah, South Carolina. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, so, you know, it's always cool to look back in hindsight 11, 12 weeks later and go, all right, well, what all, what all went wrong in leadership? So we're going to let's talk about that for a moment. One thing I saw that went wrong is the leader took this wait and see approach that, hey, I, I, we're hearing it's only going to be two weeks that we have to quarantine and shut down. So I'm not going to pivot. I'm not going to make any big moves. I'm going to wait and see what happens. And there's this term called the OODA loop right? O-O-D-A, OODA loop. And the whole OODA loop is about observe, orient, decide, and act, OODA. And it's literally like observe, 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 orient, 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 never deciding and acting has caused so many businesses now to go out of business because they took the wait and see approach. They realized that two weeks became three weeks, then four weeks, then five weeks. Now, all of a sudden, okay, how about April? How about May? Okay, now we're going to open in June. And by this point, they had started to get on the slippery slope of losing momentum. And it's easier to just throw your hands up and go, you know what? I, uh, I quit. I guess I'm, Corona killed my business. But it wasn't Corona. It was poor leadership taking the wait and see approach. Yeah, those, those OODA loops like, or OODA loops or whatever you call them, like Matt has been pounding on those things since the first day I met him. He loves the whole story of, and you, have you heard the story of how John Boyd invented them? No, tell me about it. Okay, so John Boyd was a fighter pilot in Vietnam, and he was he was like, well, why why are we getting shot down here, there, and everywhere? And so they, they decided to go into this type of training where it was it was all based on Vietnam fighter pilots: observe, orient, decide, and act. And so they would do this training and put them in all these crazy situations, and they just found that when they did that, they trained the fighter faster. So that's how that's how our marketing meetings are built. We have a daily marketing meeting called the War Room, and it's observe the Facebook numbers from the day before, 
orient on you know what's working what's not working decide on what to kill and then act on what new ads to put in place and so it works great for marketing in addition to leadership uh, that that you decided there and and you're right the people just sat on the fence for a long time and you know like they underestimated the government's ability to be insane i guess you would say and and that was one thing what i saw for some people is that they allowed the coronavirus to kill their business on day one. Like they hit, so I call those people the panic um, button hitters, you know? And they were just like, oh, no, can't do anything. And they got paralyzed, it seems. And I don't know why they did it, but have you seen a lot of businesses do that? And like, what are some of the characteristics of those leaders and lessons that we can learn from them? You know what, dude? Um, and I think that's like the fight flight or freeze response, right? All right. And, um, you, you know, I guess, tr truth be told, and Di, Di told me this, she goes, you know what, you just operate best in chaos. She goes, your life has had so much chaos in it since a kid that you operate best when you're cornered and you come out with your fist swinging. And so, like, give me a coronavirus or a housing market crash or any kind of economic disaster, and that's when I perform the best. Uh, because you invented you invented Fit Body Bootcamp in the 2008 crash. Right, exactly, exactly. I was like, I'm not about to move in with my mom and dad along, you know, me, my wife, and two kids. Are you kidding me? Like, I got to do something different. So, uh, for me, it was it's 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 fight. I always fight. And then uh, you'll see some people who run away, who retreat. Uh, but it's the ones I believe who take the freeze approach that. Jason Redman, our mutual friend, the Navy SEAL who wrote, wrote the book Overcome, and he says, get off the X. Like, this, this coronavirus was an ambush. It was an ambush of economic, that led to an economic disaster, but the moment you see it, you're either going to fight your way out of it, you're either going to run away and retreat and try to regroup. Like, I even commend the people who did retreat because it's like, all right, you're running away to retreat. Let me figure out what happened. At least you're getting away from or trying to get away from what's happening. But the people- Right, like shutting oh. down your business instead of being paralyzed. Like, you may, okay, I'm going to shut it down and instead of losing 500,000, I'll just lose 100,000 and right. I'll come back when it's safe. Exactly. I'll preserve my capital. I'll go through my- my, my checklist of money that, that's going out and see what I can cut out, et cetera. Like, I could, I could respect that. If you don't want to fight, at least you, you did a flight. But the people that froze, um, I think were, were just, they, they maybe have a disposition of, I don't know if it's they had too much confidence in the government or... Victim mentality, too. Like, oh, this, oh, man, you know, this is not fair, you know. But yeah, well, it's not fair to anybody, but everybody's dealing with it. And so if we're all going to have to deal with it, you may as well deal with it in the right way. Yeah. So that, that was unfortunate. Now, man, I have been tooting your horn and, and saying I've never seen a leader, leader, you know, dealing with this as well as you have. And so, you know, you're showing up every single day. You're, you're doing this. You're doing that. And it's almost like I just want to tell a quick story. Like, remember when we drove back from Phoenix? And, uh, you know, we drove back from Phoenix to Southern California. It was from Joe Polish's mastermind. And yeah. we were like, we were bored. So it's like, instead of waiting for a flight 10 hours later, let's, let's drive home now. We got some pork rinds. And, uh, <laughs> of course, I, I fell asleep because my superhuman power is falling asleep in cars. So I fell asleep. But then you listen to, like, your 19th Navy SEAL book. Right. And it's almost like that encyclopedia of Navy SEAL books that you read 
were something that was so powerful for getting you prepared for this moment. It's almost like, man, how eerie is that, that you were, you were just the right guy for the right situation right here. So walk us through what you've been doing that has allowed you to lead not only your team that is close, but allowed you to lead like guys like Daniel Woodrum. And I want to brag about him for a second. He's a Fit Body Bootcamp owner. He's my business partner. And that kid has become a great leader almost through osmosis from you. So walk us through here from the source on what are the secrets to leadership, not only in crisis, not only in good times, but in all times. So, so, and before I do that, I'm going to read a little email that we wrote to our team today. Um, every Friday, D Diana will write a roundup. So you know that every Monday for the last six years, I write a Monday morning email to my team to motivate them and personally, professionally uh, help them self-develop every Monday. And uh, every Friday, Diana writes a roundup saying, this is what we did this week in business. Here's what you guys need to know. This way, communication is like, you know, on point. But uh, to, to that point, one other thing I noticed for many of my coaching clients, like one of my coaching clients whose business does $13 million a year, in this time, he laid off seven people because he said, hey, what are you doing so that I can model it in my business? I said, one, go through all your expenses and see what are all your expenses that you can cut out that are reoccurring. Like here at Fit Body Bootcamp, we cut out $11,000 a month in reoccurring expenses. And there were like wacky little pieces of software, like $49 a month that we weren't using anymore or a tracking right. pixel that we were, but those things add up, right? And when the economy's thriving, but dude, 11 grand a month, that's like two, two regular employees that I can hire. And so, you know, I had them do that. I had all my private coaching clients do that. And then I said, hey, now, now if you, in your particular position, look at who are essential to the business, to generating money versus essential to only keeping the money going, keeping those customers on board. He fired or laid off seven people, and now that he's back in business, he realized he doesn't need to hire those people. So the other thing that leaders need to realize, and I do this all the time, every 90 days I review who on my team still needs to be on my team. Because it's easy to go to a certain department, when, especially when your company gets big and you have 20, 30, 40 employees or more, it's easy to go, hey, what do you guys need? We need one more employee. Well, if every department, I have seven departments, if one, every department asks for one more employee, I need seven new employees here. And, but do I really, or are they inefficient in the way they're operating? And so you gotta check efficiency in your business. And so I was shocked that this guy was able to cut out seven employees, and he says, I never need to hire them back, even when the economy thrives because we realized we had a bloated team. Several other of my coaching clients had two, three, four too many employees who were just essentially sucking out revenue, uh, but weren't really contributing to the bottom line. So that's another thing we need to look out for because in times of great economy, we just take that for granted. But let me read this email that Diana wrote, and uh, I think this will be pretty eye-opening for everyone. Uh, and just to give you context, this email went to our team of 40, people here at headquarters. Um, and by the way, they come back June 1st, so next next Monday. Yeah, so she said, uh, happy final quarantine Friday, week number 11, dream team. Can you feel it? Um, you know, it's, it's the same feeling of school coming back, but we're coming back to headquarters. Uh, the so-called coronavirus pandemic has, has defined uh, by facts and figures reported to us by the talking heads, 
uh, the number of corona deaths, blah, blah, blah. But here's the crazy thing. She said, let me review the facts and figures that really matter to us here at headquarters. In the last 11 weeks of quarantine, we've had 76 leadership meetings, L10 meetings. Just to give you an idea, L10 is from uh, EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, a book uh, called Traction by Gino Wickman. And so we have an EOS, um, we, we believe in Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS, and every Tuesday we have an L10 meeting. Literally on March 16th, we went, I'm sorry, March 13th, we went from one leadership meeting per week to two a day, 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. So we had 76 leadership meetings in the last 11 weeks here at headquarters. All, the leads, uh, all seven department leads stayed. The teams went. We all worked from headquarters for the last 11 weeks. 26 announcement videos and emails to our owners, to our franchise owners. And one video be used that was hilarious. It doesn't matter. I, I accidentally, uh, on Facebook Live, to our owners... I used the, the goofy filters where you get like the, the beard and all that stuff, and I, it was by accident. Uh, 10 Zoom trainings for our owners on how to pivot from offline to online coaching. Six team members, um, uh, six team members repositioned, right? And, and that's a really big lesson. Sometimes you have to reposition the team members you have based on the crisis or the chaos you're going to through. And so when we're not getting franchise sales anymore, we can take those franchise sales reps and get them to start selling coaching programs for me. And we don't have franchise support reps. They don't need, they're not dealing with any new franchisees. They went online and we literally 10 x our content on our social media. All of a sudden our support reps were doing like content left and right on our social media platforms across many different companies that we have. Uh, 10 Zoom Zoom trainings, six uh, members were repositioned, three Fox News spotlights. Uh, I saw those. Those were great, man. Yeah, yeah. Those helped us out a lot. We actually sold two franchises during that time. Um, um, two new hashtags, FEBC Strong and Gyms Are Essential. Uh, two new revenue streams were created for our, ourselves. We launched FitBody Meals and FitBody On Demand, which is our full, full online um, coaching platform. And of course, trainerize so in the past 11 weeks dude we did more in 11 weeks than we would have done in a year when you operate in crisis and when you can communicate what the new vision is going to be to your team and reposition them and i share that because what we really did is we multiplied the communication during chaos and crisis you have to increase the communication to your team to your customers and the number one thing i realized they need is hope Every single live that I did to our owners, I showed up with hope, like, hey guys, you need to lead more than ever. You need to communicate what the new vision is and you need to re-communicate that vision uh, over and over again, number one. Number two, if you feel like you're getting stressed and overwhelmed, do not disconnect and suffer in silence. That's gonna be everybody's default. Reach out to us at headquarters and we'll support you. And, and I just wanna add on that. So. So if you think of every single person's head as a water bucket, and I mean like every single person from the end user that goes into a fit body to the person that owns the fit body to the people that work for you, everybody's head is a water bucket. Now they're walking around and every single day that water bucket, their head is being filled with information. The information, where are most people getting information from? CNN, Fox News, the people that know absolutely nothing and they're just talking crap and then they're getting it from friends who don't know anything, who are parroting something they heard. They're getting it from Facebook, full of fake news, full of all that junk. 
they're getting all of this toxic stuff poured in that water bucket. And so if you don't show up with hope, light, and optimism, also, you know, the, the brutal facts, as uh, the Stockdale paradox says, which was, you know, how James Stockdale got through seven years of being a prisoner of war in Vietnam. He daily confronted the brutal facts, but he had a long-term optimism he would get out, and that helped him survive. Now, if you show up with a light hope and optimism, you put some of that in their heads. And, you know, again, Daniel Woodrum at, in the South Carolina Fit Body Boot Camps, he was showing up from these people. And, he, and I'm sure, Pedro, you've gotten so many of these messages. I've gotten these messages, and Daniel got these messages. You know, like, thank, thank you for being consistent in your videos, for showing up every day, for being that light when they thought the world was ending. They thought all their family was dying. They thought their jobs were gone. They thought they would be wiped out. And you show up every single day with a bit of light, hope, and optimism and direction, and you be that leader. That was huge. And, you know, huge in the number of the amount of content you put out, the fact that you were willing to go on Fox News and all that stuff. And then I would hear from some of these other fitness franchises, you know, that had their billing shut down that, you know, you know, where's the CEO hasn't even communicated with the franchisees owners for weeks. And like, listen, you know, who's going to win that battle, the people who show up and fill that water bucket with the hope, the light, the optimism. So totally agree with you. Dude, that's, that's such a great way to put it too, that, that the people's heads are really a water bucket. And that's absolutely true. And if the water being poured in it, in it has now multiplied and it's toxic, you as the leader have to multiply your water, your clean, pure, optimistic, hopeful water. We have to counter evil with good. Uh, and the, the same, if they 10 exit, we have to 10 exit. And, and I think that's what everybody forgot to do as a leader. And it's easy to be a, a leader when the economy is great and everything's thriving and everything's fun. Uh, listen, man, I had to do some lives where I, like moments before I was just like, I'm like telling my wife, I'm like, hunt, I'm just burnt out. I'm exhausted, I haven't slept well, my brain is constantly processing things, but as soon as that camera goes live, I have to show up with hope, optimism, and direction, because if I don't, then they're gonna follow my lead. And unfortunately, many leaders did not communicate, did not show up with hope, did not show up with optimism and direction, and their people followed the lead, which was, I guess I should do nothing. And it doesn't matter if it's a fitness franchise, a yogurt franchise, a bathtub company, or whatever, that's unfortunately what happened. So over-communicating the message and having a very new vision of how things are going to look is, and then being able to tell them that we are going to go back to a normal. Like I hated, dude, I hated when everyone was using, this is our new normal. No, it's not. I'm not going to live out of my home and walk around with a freaking bandana around my face and, and see people with rubber gloves. And like that grosses me out. I'm not, that's not the new normal. I'm going to go back to a same or better normal because my life is only gonna improve. And for people to accept what the new normal was, this is our new, no, it's not, our, this is a temporary thing. And I had to keep reminding them. Yeah, like, oh, yeah I guess don't, don't tell anyone, but I hugged an old person last week. <laughs> Are they dead now? <laughs> I hope you didn't kill them. No, no, they're good, they're good, they're good. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And so, so I want to actually dive a little bit deeper in your level 10 meetings because, you know, you talk about doing those daily and well, twice daily and how important they were and really like your leadership went to a level 10. And then also, what does that level 10 actually look like without going too much into EOS's proprietary systems? But what was it? And then how did that then 
give the confidence to your leadership team to go and have lead, meet, meetings with their team and so on and so forth. Yeah. So for us, obviously, we've got Fit Body Bootcamp, we've got my coaching businesses, and then we've got our Trulene supplement line. And so we very quickly realized that we had 26 leads in the pipeline early March to become Fit Body Bootcamp franchise owners. All but one of those 26 leads went away, ghosted us, didn't want anything to do with us. They're like, everything's shutting down. Why would I even be interested in opening up a gym? We go, well, good point. You got it. <laughs> so while our one salesperson was trying to follow up with them, the other salesperson was reaching out to many people in my DMs because during times of uncertainty, entrepreneurs are willing to spend their last dollars with guys like you and me who have had a track record of going through disasters, financial disasters and economic disasters. And my coaching business was blowing up. So coaching and supplements, because people also wanted to be healthy because for the first time ever, they're like, holy crap, this virus could be the great equalizer. And if I don't keep my immune system strong, I'm not going to be able to survive this thing. So our online training went up in sales, which is why we had that 28 day. So all of a sudden we had all right, guys, here's how we're going to sell supplements. Don't worry about selling franchises. Here's how we're going to sell online coaching. So we need to change our website because our website offered seven-day free trial to a Fit Body Bootcamp. Well, if not a single door is open, what do we need to do to change our corporate website in three or four days and launch a 28-day online coaching program because people were in a panic about, I need to work out, and I need to work out at home, I need to stay busy, I need to stay optimistic and positive. And so our leadership meetings, we... In EOS, as you probably know, there's these rocks. Everybody has their rocks that they need to do, and those rocks have a deadline. We put all the rocks aside, and we said, for the next foreseeable future, until we go back to business as normal, and we defined that. What does business as normal look like? Locations are open, and our team is back at headquarters. Until then, what do we need to do to not only stay afloat, but keep making money? We identified what the revenue sources were, online coaching, supplements, and when I say online coaching, meaning fitness, supplement sales, and then business coaching, my business coaching. And we said, all right, we divided up the seven leadership leaders and we said, just focus on those three revenue streams and nothing else. And we met twice a day, every day. And then on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we would meet, I would do a live to our Fit Body Bootcamp franchise owners at 12 noon, right after our 11 a.m. meeting. So we would meet we would say, all right, guys, here's what you're going to promote. We wrote the promotional emails for you. If you're willing to spend ads, ad dollars, here's the ads for you and the campaigns and the pictures and the videos. And I would literally be the messenger of hope to them and direction. And that's literally what got us through this, where the entire 11 weeks now, we only lost one Fit Body Bootcamp location that said they're not wow. going to reopen. Yeah, which is bananas. I really, honestly, when we met on week three of this whole thing happening, I estimated, I was like, guys, if we, if we can keep it 10 to 15% location losses, like I'll be happy. We lost one. Um, and, and it's because we literally identified the revenue sources for HQ, identified the revenue sources for our franchisees, and then we gave our franchisees. That's another big thing to do is we made it done for you. Send out this video, send out this email. Here's the day and times you want to send it out because they went into paralysis by analysis, like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. You're asking me to pivot. You're asking me, I've got clients asking to freeze. What's the answer to that? So we had two of our leadership team just overcoming objections. Well, why do you want to cancel? Let's put your account on the freeze. Well, why do you want to freeze? Let's put you in the online coaching program because you still want to stay active. You still want to stay connected. You want to boost your immune system. And so we literally have to not only overcome objections because we knew that if our franchisees started to lose clients, 
they would come to us and say, hey, I don't want to pay my franchise royalties anymore. And that becomes the kiss of death for our brand. So it was a crazy time, but honestly, dude, systematically, if you can identify what the revenue sources are for you and then for your clients, you could just focus in on that, but you do have to multiply the communication and the action. And then be well, yeah, okay, so, so here's the analogy. You know, in an emergency room, people come in with multiple gunshots or, you know, Jason Redman out in the field with guys with multiple wounds. Like, what are those? They simply are triaging. Okay, that guy's got a broken leg or his leg's blown off. He's going to live for another 20 minutes. We got to, you know, deal with this person or, you know, seven bullet holes. You know, you deal with the most important ones first. And, and so if people can operate in that place, like that is intense then a business owner can operate the way that you were with surgical precision to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's a really good analogy. You, you, think about, you think about an emergency room. There's so many people coming in. Like, let's say a multi-car accident happens in some city, and that emergency room gets filled up. Now, eight people just came in. Someone's got a broken leg. Someone's hemorrhaging blood. They're going to have to prioritize and execute. And that's such an important thing. And I think most oftentimes when we get into that fear, fight or flight or freeze mode, we stop prioritizing. We go into tunnel vision and like take that wide look and go, all right, broken leg. He's going to be hurting, but he's fine. The guys who's hemorrhaging blood, let's stop the blood loss and then go to the guy with the broken leg. So that was a really good analogy. I'm the king of analogies, buddy. Now I got a question for you. I got a question for you. So water buckets and emergency rooms. Now, the question is, <clears throat> there must have been a point for you where you were like, oh, I can't get any worse than this. And then they say, now all of them have to shut down. And, and so, like, when you felt like you got hit the hardest, how did you get back on track so fast? You know, you know what? Um, and I can even almost put my finger on when I felt I got hit the hardest. It was probably around week four when I realized we may not be opening doors till June july possibly august like i mean the news we were hearing was so gloom and doom and you know the death rate was so high because we, we didn't know that the death rate was people who were dying of other things were being labeled as corona we were just hearing that right and so i was like holy crap but i went right back to what is the task at hand i got to yeah. make sure my franchisees survive i just kept going to all right until i die i'm gonna keep <laughs> when i die it's over if I die of exhaustion or a heart. When you bleed out, right? Like, isn't yeah. that what the Mark Lissettrell thing was? Like, I did. Yeah, tell I, that story. Like, that's from that book, right? Where they're just taught that to stop the bleeding and then you, if you, yeah. if, until you bleed out, you keep going. And, and that's it, yeah. So, so that's a great story to tell. So, Marcus Luttrell is a Navy SEAL. People have probably either seen the movie Lone Survivor or maybe they've read the book, but he was one of four Navy SEALs. Um, they got attacked in, uh, uh, Afghanistan. He's the only one that survived. And with the blown up hip, uh, he was shot several times. Um, he bit his tongue while he fell off a cliff. I mean, the guy was just maimed. And the Taliban is giving chase and he's crawling and he's taking mud and he's putting it in bullet holes and, and, and these body parts that are just gushing blood because they're taught one simple thing as a, as a seal or as a warrior. You stay in the fight as long as you can until you bleed out and die. That is it. You keep staying in the fight. So his thing is, I'm going to clog up my wounds and keep crawling to some kind of safety cover or a hideout, which is what he did. And then he was found and discovered and saved. 
And my mentality, I guess, in a similar way, now that I think about it, was, all right, this is really bad news. Because uh, your brain goes to the negative, bro. Your brain goes, uh, I'm like, all right, now we're going to have a third of our fit bodies shut down. There's no way they're going to survive till June, July, August, right? Like, that's what my, the negative mindset says. And then I'm like, all right, dude, easy. I go back to coaching myself. I always go back to the words that you use, which is outside eyes. I go, all right, I don't have Craig right now in my ear telling me what would you do it be. So I had to tell myself, hey, man, what would you do if you were your own coaching client? All right. You can't control how long this thing is going to last, but what you can do is control how you're going to market your, the online coaching, how you're going to communicate to your franchisees. Then the brain would go to, yeah, but you're tired. You're exhausted. You're just, you're fighting a, a, a fight that's not going to win. I'm like, no, no, no. You still have strength in you. You still have a strong team. Keep fighting. And so you're literally, I was arguing between the bitch and the beast that lives in my head. Yeah. And every day I finally came to the conclusion that I'm either going to die of exhaustion or a heart attack. Or we're going to turn the corner at some point, and I'm going to be there to see it. And so I just, it was one foot in front of the other, even on the days uh, that I would drink heavily. I'm going to tell you the truth, man. I would drink heavily at night uh, to, to go to sleep, and I would, th that would be the only way I could sleep. And that was, what, for the first couple of weeks? Uh, right around week four, when I realized this isn't just going to end around, you know, Trump was saying, and I'm not against Trump or for Trump, whatever. Trump was saying, I want America to reopen on Easter. Oh yeah. So that's right. April 12th, like that gave me hope. I was like, all right. So uh, almost a whole month of this, I could, we could deal with this. But then when you hear like, nope, we're not reopening. And in fact, we're going to tighten down face masks. We're going to obviously close more businesses. I was like, oh shit, it's over. Yeah. Okay. You know? So, so I mentioned before that Stockdale paradox and the guy who spent seven years in the prison and, and he's so famous, like he would, um, because the Vietnam, uh, Vietnamese people would, or the North Vietnamese, I think, whatever it was, um, that those guys would like march the, the, the American uh, prisoners of war out in front of a microphone and they'd have to say certain things. He would beat himself up and cut his face so that they wouldn't take him out because they, you know, they were trying to like show like we're treating these guys right. And so what he found was he spent seven years there. The guys that didn't make it fell into what, what tricked you. You know, oh, we'll be out by Christmas. And then when Christmas came and went, they gave up. And he said, I might be in here for 10 years, 20 years. I'm going to survive it, which is eventually what you went with. But when you had your hardest time, it was because you gave in to, you weren't confronting the brutal facts or you, you, the, you didn't think, you got optimistic in advance. And that's what he's found. And, and I've, you know, law, it's a stoic approach to things. And I think that I've kind of been trained on that, that it's like, well, my question is simply, and I say this in good times to people too, well, what else are you going to do? Quit? Like, what do you, you know, yeah, it sucks, but it's out, it's worse for somebody else out there and they aren't quitting. So what are you going to do? You're going to quit. And, and so now I want to turn it on you and say, having run all the, the modern day night camps, how do you think specifically doing those, going through it yourself, helped you through it. You know, I got to tell you, I knew immediately that if I even attempt quitting or slow down, I'm going to be a hypocrite. Like the leader of the project, of the modern day night project, slowing down, quitting, accepting that we may not last. And it's funny you say that because once you do accept the brutal facts, 
And um, I should have downloaded all those videos. You know how when you make a Facebook Live video, it gives you the option to download those videos? Although yeah. they, do live, they do live on our Fit Body Family Facebook group. But on one of them, I think it was around week six, when I just accepted the fact, and I said, I got to share this with our owners. And the leadership team was kind of like, are you sure you want to share this message? I said, yeah. I said, guys, just imagine that you, we are never going to go back to our brick and mortars. Just imagine that we're never going to go back to your brick and mortars. Because I could just hear every Fit Body owner you know, they ask questions in the comment box there when I do a live. When do you think we're going to go back? So I can tell that they were waiting for that date. But I can also tell that when Easter came and went, my hopes were, were let down, just like you described. And so once I slapped myself around, I was like, all right, dude, just assume we're never going to reopen. Well, if I assume that, I've got to tell them that. But the leadership team was like, dude, if you tell them that, what if we have a mass exodus? I said, let's, I'm, I'm, let's risk that. So the bottom line was, hey, team, Assume that you're, you're, you're just not going to, just assume all locations burnt down, your building burnt down. Because the, 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 what happens if the landlord doesn't pay his lease for the, for the, for the land? Then, then the bank's going to come and shackle all the doors. Even if the government says you can go to business, you can't at that point. You can't open your gym if the bank owns the property, right? And so I was like, assume that and assume we're going full-time into online coaching. And that was the only way I can get that last one-third of our owners who were digging their heels in to commit to online coaching by telling them, assume your business is burnt down, assume it's gonna be locked up when you go back because your landlord wasn't paying their mortgage and your only source of income is gonna be online coaching. Can you be the best damn online coach in the world? And once they mentally committed to that and I committed to that, online coaching blew up. And then a few weeks later, we started hearing that, uh, you know, the talk about these phases, phase one, phase two, phase three of opening. That is something else. This is going to make for a heck of a follow-up to man up in book format, sir. Oh, my God, dude. Bananas. Bananas. Yeah. So, you know, my business is so different, right? Because I've got all these, like, what, 600, 700 franchisees that I'm, like, business partners with. Um, and so I've got to help influence them, change their mind. Tell me how it affected your business. Tell our audience how it affected your business, dude. <laughs> The way that I describe it is, remember that episode of Seinfeld where it's like everything is even Steven for Jerry? Yeah, I do. Yeah, know. that's essentially been me for the last little bit. Now, on the personal side of things, uh, I've probably been more social during quarantine than normal because every time I take my dog to the park, which is right beside my house, there's like 100 people just sitting in the park, not socially distancing because the weather's been good here. And they all want to talk to me and my dog. So I've had to talk to a lot of people. But in, in the business side of things, we had, uh, uh, you know, at, at first there was a bunch of people that did the flight, I guess, response. And they were like, I got to cancel. I got to go on hold. And I'm like, okay, no problem. No problem. And so what we did is we then quickly offered different types of programs, lower level, different access levels. So we, we saved on that. And then we started to attract those people that you said reached out to you for coaching. And we started to get people reaching out to us for a lot more uh, coaching because, you know, they didn't, they didn't feel they needed it during good times. And I believe like you believe that the money, there's still money out there. In fact, one of our really close friends had his best month ever in, in one of his businesses. Like he made seven figures personal profit in, in April. And so certain industries like, you know, the supplement side of things, those things blew up they, in a good way. Um, people that were selling fitness equipment, those things blew up. Online coaches, it was, it was the golden era for being an online fitness coach because every time I would hear from a negative a fitness coach that was like, oh, I'm kind of worried. I'm like, 
are you insane? 40 million or 100 million Americans just got kicked out of their gym? They're going somewhere. Even if only 10 million Americans went and found an online coach, it's a gold rush. Right. So, you know, we had a lot of people come in on that side of things. And then very much like almost every business that, uh, you know, moved something to online, like you moved training to online and you guys probably thought about it for a long time. And he's like, yeah, we'll just, you know, it's, it's the next project or, you know, next quarter. And we all were forced into accelerated online events and more communication. So I actually started doing more live coaching sessions, for group sessions for some of our programs. I started doing more of those. And then we also were forced into really putting more emphasis into the marketing of our Instagram course, which is perfectly timed for this. Like our friend Robbie Blanchard's program is perfectly timed for people who want to make money at home. And so it was just something that was a side project for a while. And now it's become a big part of our business. And, you know, you, you referred to, you know, you emailed out for it the other week and we've got a lot of affiliates emailing out for it. And we started to get a whole lot more serious about the Facebook ads for it. And then we've also just done a little bit more uh, ruthless self-reflection of who's our best customer and changing some of our messaging around our best customer, which I realized is very similar to your the, the best customer that you had for your gyms, I have a little higher level, but it's really the, you know, I look at my best clients. They're, they're all men over 35 families who want empire or generational wealth. Those are the people that are paying the big, big bucks to be in our program. Yeah. And then we did our first virtual mastermind and it went way better than I expected. In fact, I would say that I think people got more out of the virtual mastermind than they did out of two-day in-person mastermind. So I started doing half-day virtual masterminds. We got one for gym owners. We're going to have one for my clients in Europe because they can't travel. And a lot of my clients in Europe complain. And I, and I have a disproportionately large amount of uh, clients in Europe, in Holland and France and all these countries where there's very few entrepreneurs. And so they hear about our podcast or you know the Empire podcast or they hear about you know, my articles that they hear about how I helped Joel or helped you or whatever. And they say, well, if he helped that guy, then he can help me become that disciplined entrepreneur, ambitious, generational family wealth sort of thing. And so, but over there, there's not a community like there is in America or even in Canada, there's a decent community of bigger thinkers. And they're just, they feel like they're in a prison where nobody thinks big. It's very socialist over there. In, in terms of the um, entrepreneurial world, there's a lot, there's, a, there's very few people that are doing it and they, it's because they get taxed, you know, through the, through the butt, you know, it's, it's very difficult, but, and it's very difficult to fire people over there. Like you're, you're on the hook for so much for my client in France. Like he's trying to figure out how he's going to fire somebody and not pay like a year's salary for them. Oh, it, it, it's, it, and it's just like, there's all these laws that are in favor of the worker for whatever, you know, I'm not going to judge any of that because I don't know about it. But so anyways, I'm doing virtual masterminds for them. And it's, you know, our business went down slightly in April, but will be up in May. I don't think it'll be our best month of the year, but it'll be a, a good month in May. And so we just are putting stuff out and we're putting out, pushing more on our morning routine course. And I'm not going to say the word pivot because I'm sick of hearing it, but, um, you know, we are just like, okay, this is not working as well. Let's go do this. I'm very glad though that I, 
I don't have, didn't have all gym owners as coaching clients. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I could relate to that. I know what you mean. You and I have barely talked in these eleven weeks. Yeah, and and it's not. And I just was like, listen, I'm not going to go and interrupt this guy. I mean, he's got stuff to do, and if he needs anything, like one time you were like, hey, do you know somebody that can help with Amazon? And I'm like, yeah, contact Ryan and. And, you know, uh, like, I'm not going to show up and whack on your door because I can only imagine how many people pour their hearts out to you. So you had to take on their pain as well. So, you know, it's funny. It's like people ask me how you were doing. I'm like, I'm sure he's doing fine. I'm sure it's rough. Um, but you know what? I'm sure he's fine. I just believe in the guy. And I know that if anybody's going to be fine, it'll be him. You know what? Let's, let's, let's take a couple minutes to talk about that for a second, because you're right. 11 weeks have gone by and you and I talked the least amount via text or over the phone in any other way in that time. And I, to me, it was the same thing. One, I'm not going to go complaining to him. There's already people that he, that, that pay him to complain to him. <laughs> like he gets paid to get complained to just like I do. Like, I'm not going to be that guy in his life. Number two, I'm friends, I've known you for a decade, we're best friends and business partners, and I know that if you need anything, you'll come, and if I need anything, I'll come. And during the 11 weeks, like you said, I'm like, dude, I need, I need who's got the, the hack for, for Amazon? And you're like, boom, this guy, and bam, we launched an Amazon thing. But um, yeah, th that's so important, and I think that's, and I don't know, that probably doesn't fall in the category of leadership here, but that falls in the category of just being a decent freaking human. Like, don't go bothering your friends who are trying to make it happen for themselves and like pissing on them and, 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 you know, crying on their shoulder. Just keep your head down and work instead of complaining. And if you can add value to them, add value. And if you need something, say, bro, I need something. But otherwise, I knew that you were, I, people were asking me the same thing. How's Craig doing? I'm like, you know what? Craig is a little cockroach. He could survive anything. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. He could survive anything. Like, and if he can't, I know he's going to reach out to me and we're going to figure it out together and vice versa. If I can't figure anything out, I'm going to reach out to you and the small handful of people that I trust, like Joel and whoever, and we're going to figure it out. But that there's so much magic in leave us the fuck alone and let us do what we do best. And if you're a good friend, you, you should have that mindset. Yeah. And I, I think it wasn't that it wasn't that you weren't in my head. In fact, you were in my head more than ever because I'm like, when I would have a moment, you know, like, oh, four cancellations today, be like, well, I ain't, I ain't going to be a little girl, okay, everybody's going to get mad at me for saying that, I ain't going to be a little kid and going to Bedros and complaining, I'm like, what, what would Bedros do, what would Joel do, what would Matt do, okay, or what would I tell somebody else to do, and when you said you co were coaching yourself, I think coaching yourself is really how people can get themselves through a lot of problems. It's like, okay, what's the best, if, if someone came to you with the problems that you're having now, what advice would you give them? That's the advice you need to take. Now go and do it. And, you know, you know, obviously talk to your partner, your spouse, or maybe your parents want to hear about it. But, you know, most of the other people that are busy doing stuff, they don't have the bandwidth for it. That's exactly right. All right. Well, that's a fantastic episode, guys and gals. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode of The Empire Show. As always, if you like this episode, and we know you did, please give us a five-star review on your favorite um, podcast platform. Leave a comment on uh, those platforms as well, on YouTube as well. Take a screenshot, share it, tag myself and Craig. And as always, be sure to tell your mama. We'll see you later.